We are live with another uh, episode edition conversation of Global Podcast Editors. My name is Stephanie and I have notes today so I don't forget anything. Yay! Um, I am a podcast editor. I've been also podcasting since 2000. 17. And I also write about podcasting in different spaces, including our newsletter over on Substack. Uh, we do this kind of live global podcast editor chat every two weeks on YouTube. We all, it also is turned into a podcast, which is anywhere that you, you know, listen to podcasts. Just search for global podcast editors. Uh, thank you to Matsi Doppel of the High Nine podcast for our lovely logo, which she has created for us. This community exists in a few different places. Over on Substack is the newsletter. On YouTube, here are these events, as well as some new tutorials and our latest imposter syndrome series that we started this week. We also have a private group over on LinkedIn and a newer Google email group, which is really hard to say, uh, which will have instructions on how to join in the newsletter. It's a complicated, lovely process, but once you're in, you're in. And we're sharing jobs, advice, and cheering each other on in that space. There's probably something else I missed, but it's all in the newsletter. Let's go around and meet the editors that are joining us today. And if we were doing this clockwise, Becca, you're next. Hi, I am Becca Johnson. First of all, thank you, Steph, for having me. I appreciate thank you for coming it. back. Of course. Uh, I'm Becca. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota in the States. I uh, am an audio engineer and uh, Hindenburg trainer, and I've been working on podcasts since 2013. Hi, uh, I'm Charles Commons. I'm from the UK near Manchester. I'm a podcast editor, producer and presenter. I've been doing it since 2018, freelance, um, but started in sort of radio back in 2003. I'm Sam, and uh, I come, I edit audio for 15 years now and mostly for film and TV um, as a dialogue editor. And now I totally switch it to podcasts. So I'm a podcast editor. Very cool. And can we do locations? Because I keep forgetting that, but oh, it's yeah. a huge part of what we do. I'm in Curitiba, Brazil. Uh, I mean, so Warrington, which is near Manchester, in between Manchester and Liverpool in the UK. Minneapolis, Minnesota in the States. Fantastic. And I'm an American over in Valencia, Spain. We also have a surprise. To, it's not a surprise, an announced surprise, I suppose. About halfway through, I'll be announcing how to win three months free uh, pay, premium subscription of the newsletter. So stick around for that. We'll do that about halfway through. Okay. We got to get to the nitty gritty of this because I don't know about you three, but I've been having some challenges lately. Let's see. Hmm. Hey, Sam, would you mind going first with one challenge that you've had this past week? The look on your face when I said that. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it's like, um, it's not just the past week. Uh, as a dialogue editor, uh, I've been an editor for all my career. So, and... Uh, when when I switch it to podcasts, my main issue is uh, mastering and mixing uh, because I deal with like uh, top tier audio engineers and uh, uh, um, mixers and re-recording mixers like real good, and now I am I I have to do it all by myself. And 
yeah, I've been studying this and trying to uh, better every week. So, but this is still my main issue. So, is the issue a technical issue on learning how to do that, or yeah, yeah, like uh, having to to uh, uh, learn everything about it and uh, master the plugins, or not master, but like uh, uh, everything for for it to to make the final product, right? So, I was in the middle of the chain, and now I I have to uh, do things in the end of it so yeah okay um becca and charles how did how did you all learn how to do this <laughs> sam can i ask you what die you're using uh pro tools pro tools okay yeah um I, I i you know so i went to school for audio production and engineering i um don't have that sort of math brain that is often required for the the math part of engineering, right? So, um, listen, I know that I I do train for Hindenburg, <laughs> but um, I've been singing their praises since I discovered them in 2012. Uh, that is, if you switched your DAW to Hindenburg, you will not have any of those issues. Like they, they're sort of advertising is it's like having an engineer built in. Um, you, I feel you on the mixing and mastering side of it that is what a nightmare uh that's all taken away with hindenburg so that's how i do it very sincerely this is not i know i don't want to be like the douche canoe that's like pitching the da that i (laughs) people that pay me a little bit of money but um i really i really firmly believe in them and so like for compression it's one knob turn it up for voice profiler push a button for um it auto levels everything so you don't have to do any of the levels. Um, I've gotten to the point, I was just saying this to the people at Hindenburg the other day, that when I use another DAW for like, if I'm mixing music, let's say, for like a guided guided meditation, I don't know how to do everything. Mm-hmm. So I will do the music, export it, throw it into Hindi, and then put all my plugins and things on it because I have gotten so dependent Mm -hmm. on how easy it is um so you don't have to sit and spend many many hours if you don't want to but if you do if you i mean you're already using pro tools it is excellent um you know but it's god that's a lot of work i don't envy you on that so that's my sort of cheater workaround answer (laughs) it was really helpful uh i'll try to look at it and uh yeah yeah it will help a lot yeah it is hard isn't it because i mean you've got so many i i think part of the problem not just with 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 podcasting and editing and but everything is that these days you can go onto youtube you can type in your question and then you'll mm-hmm. find 400 different people with 750 different yep. answers so and not everything that is done on youtube so like, i i love mike russell to bits right absolutely love him to bits and go and look at his youtube channel all of the time to try and get answers to questions but quite often when he'll say i I don't know let's just say he's going through compression just as an example 
he'll he'll go so this is what we're doing and he takes you through step by step and you can see what he's doing in audition which is the door i use and you can see therefore what's going on and then he'll press play again and you'll you'll listen to it and i just go can't hear a difference i don't know what you've done it doesn't matter so because and and that's not his fault because it's just because of the way that it you know youtube takes a sound and uses it so you you don't get it unless i was sat in his studio with him Mm -hmm. i would not hear the difference as clearly as he can in his own headphones so the big problem is is that you go to anyone on youtube or or anywhere you'll get a different answer but then you'll also maybe not quite understand it i'm i'm much more of a audio visual learner so Mm -hmm. if i sit down and read say a transom article that tells me how to do stuff i have to click play on all of their things in fact i i I tend to do that rather than read the article in the first place i'll read the sentence before the the play button so i know what it is i'm about to hear Mm -hmm. um but in terms of doing it and learning it the only way that i've been able to do it is essentially yes i've used what other people have put online but I then have to go and play with it myself. I, I, you know, I am a big, massive believer that if you are if you are a podcast editor or you're a podcast producer or, or you work in podcasting, you should have a podcast. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be successful. It doesn't have to be number one in Apple podcasts or, mm-hmm. or anywhere like that. But it's somewhere for you to be able to experiment with obviously no no pressure, no pressure from a client yeah. who's going to turn around and go, well, I'm not paying you because that was a terrible <laughs> thing that you've just done. It's just for you and your audience, and therefore your audience should be able to understand that you use it as a tool for your own learning. Do you know what? I'm going to get meta. And Becca, I hope you don't mind me talking about this, but the thing that, because I used Audacity and then I moved to Hindenburg and I was... I knew what I needed to do and I couldn't find it. And I hate watching those videos. Even with two screens, I was just like, this is so boring. It's either not fast enough or they skip steps and I don't know how to get to where they are. Um, So I actually worked with Becca uh, and she, I think in three or four sessions, got me up to where I want, where I was with Audacity and further because I had started to do more of the like intro music and outro music um, fades and things that I wasn't doing that much of in Audacity. Um, and I honestly think that one-on-one time, if you have paid clients and you can afford it and you can hire a tutor, I think that's really, really valuable. As far as the easy way to find them, I have no idea. But <laughs> I'm guessing some of the Facebook groups that are DAW specific, like there's a Reaper specific, a Hindenburg specific. So maybe in there, people are are doing that but i i wish there was a an easier resource to finding that because i feel like that was the thing that got me the furthest in any doll i've ever used so yeah i I I appreciate that stuff you were fun to work with and honestly um you you do have a really good ear so it made it easy for us to work together um and you were excited that's the other fun thing but i i benefit from one-on-one so much that um i i love doing that with people i like that more than the workshops actually um yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> well but because people get Sorry, so much out of it i know yeah i love the workshops chris so much no i i do like the workshops but the one-on-one is where people really will be like like you yeah. when you came to me with stuff and were like mm-hmm. i cannot figure this out you know that's my favorite 
I wonder if that's what, sorry, you guys are making me think. I wonder if that's something we should build onto GPE as like a tutoring thingy. Oh gosh, never mind. I'll, I'm going to jot that down. <laughs> We're going to continue on with the focus of this conversation. <laughs> Thank you, Sam, for, for sharing that with us. I hope some of these suggestions are helpful for you. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Becca Charles, Becca Charles, Becca Charles. Who wants to go next? Ah! Becca, you've been voluntold. (laughs) I got pointed at. I'll go. Um, Well, Steph, do you know what I'm going to say? I don't know if you've been on... What's that? All right. The last time you were on, it was a boundary issue, which I also have, but I don't know what you're going to say. Well, last time I was on, we uh, we had touched on the fact that at some point we should talk about working with difficult clients. Yes. That are, you know, either divas or, uh, you know, um, say really offensive things. Uh, I I really never, I don't work with, I have in the past, sometimes somebody will throw me a show and say, I'm swamped or something's going on in my life. Can you please take this client? And I will be like, oh, dear God, I will help you out, but I <laughs> don't want to work with this person on a regular basis. They're so offensive. Uh, so... But, which leads me to my this week. Um, Steph and I are both in a group on Facebook for women and non-binary podcast editors. And uh, I, I made a post that a lot of people have commented on and a lot of, a lot of um, the feedback, I was reluctant to make the post. It was a, regarding working with other people in the industry who um, might be anti-queer, might be anti-abortion, might be, you know, anti, anti, anti in their private lives. And, but I would know this because they repeatedly say that they're Christians, look up their Facebook likes, find that they like Mike Huckabee or somebody um, who is notoriously anti-everybody, you know, and, and so I... I feel really a bummed out that a lot of people that we know and love work so closely with um, a lot of men who sort of have these awful, awful views. And so one of somebody in particular had a, a, a newsletter and one Easter started the, his work sort of letter newsletter with, something about how Easter is not just about candy and eggs and bunnies referencing. It's about Jesus y'all. So I unsubscribed. And so I just, I'm, I'm really sincerely at a place where I'm trying to figure out what feels good to me. And um, that's where I'm at. And I'm really just in discussion with people on this group. Everybody has said, most people are, are like, you know what? I, that's the beauty of freelance. You do not have to work with anybody you don't want to. Exactly. Everybody would say, "What well, he's such a nice guy, which, you know, it, oh. nobody has said. But yeah. um, if it's... Anyway, that's really what I've been struggling with to the point where I'm like, you know, I, I wake up and I journal every morning. I have this whole morning routine that I do. And I've been like really putting a lot of my time and energy into like yeah. really trying to get to the bottom of this and where what I um, am going to do. And I think, you know, well, are we just going to lay it all all out on the the table? I don't know who's going to see this and who's not. Well, okay. So the issue is, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please don't. Because that's that's not good. But um, so the issue is, 
is it figuring out what they're what they stand for believe for all that kind of thing before you agree to work with them or once no. you know they know um, you don't want to it's very clear right away sometimes okay. you know and and if you just go on some people's facebook pages and look at their likes that can be clear too yeah. um I think that, you know, where I'm sort of landing is there are so many people out there that are really rad and trying to sincerely uplift people and yeah. do the right thing and be a great human being. Listen, though, if you were to talk to to people who are, you know, on the complete other side of their, you know, values as, as I am, um, they would say the exact same thing. And I understand that. So it's not about d digging deep. It's about just really knowing because they make it pretty apparent. Um so it's sort of a, just a, who do I want to work with and, and support because yeah. by working with people, I'm saying, I support you. It's sort of like how nobody likes to shop at Hobby Lobby. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. the same idea of like, uh, but I need pencils. The pencils didn't do anything wrong. Well, this is, but you know, it, I know. putting your money where your values I, are sort of. I, yes. That's been and my struggle. To be totally fair, my the podcast the podcast the newsletter on Substack has its own issues with <sighs> political views that I don't agree with. But a a platform that it makes my life a million times easier. And I didn't know about the political stuff until I got everything set up. So I'm I'm having a little struggle with that too. But that's a different situation because it's not a person, right? It's an right. organization of platform that I'm using. Um, but that, but that's run by people, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So it's not the organization that has those political issues. It's the people that run that, pro uh, run that program, run that software. It's still, it's still in alignment though. Cause I, now I feel like I've made a huge mistake, but to shift is, Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm diverting away from Becca's thing. So in the no, U S relevant, I think. In the U.S., I think it's the religious right that is. Am, am I assuming too much? But is it the, the religious right, the extreme religious right the, folks that, that are really Republican Christians um, that are very right now? Yeah, yeah. It's not a problem when you have different ideas with from someone, but when you try to control what they can do, it is. And I think that's a lot of push and pull in the U.S. right now. But we're a multi-country experience. So let me ask this. Sam or Charles, is there a, a group that you're not particularly comfortable working with that you would say no to? A group, an individual? Uh, I don't know. What am I saying? Help. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty much alongside uh, Becca. Like, um, I'm completely, I mean, I am totally, uh, off the, all, all those, um, uh, groups of people, but I, I try to support them and uh, mm -hmm. how I can. And I mean, e everybody who like, uh, they don't even need to, uh, have those, uh, hate speech or anything but if if they don't support like if if they are against mm -hmm. uh somehow women or lgb uh, it's difficult to say it in english sorry uh, <laughs> uh okay 
you got me. Yeah, you uh, could, or you could say queer. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I mean, uh, 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 everybody who, who's not for all of them, uh, there are. Uh, uh, I I don't like to to work with them, but if it, it it's still an issue for me because mm-hmm. I really uh, need the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, thanks God, I I don't I don't have any clients like this. So yeah, uh, uh, it, it would be a, a really difficult decision to make. Uh, but uh, I I think I would not go with the money. Because mm-hmm. uh, 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 we are in a good position now, uh, me and my family. So I, I think I could afford saying no to those yeah. people. And yeah. I think it's really, it, it's a very personal question, isn't it? And it's a very mm-hmm. personal thing that you go with. I mean, look, I, I, judging by what everybody said, I think we're all pretty much of the same sort of persuasion if you like in terms of the, our way of thinking with this kind of stuff mm-hmm. um there's there's nothing in in terms of the uk at the moment there's nothing as um huge as what's going on in the states at the moment and what's uh you know with everything that's happened regarding the uh, the abortion uh laws and, and, and things like that that's going on um the closest that i can kind of come to it is with like media organizations with outlets mm-hmm. i mean I, in in the states i know it is very much um more clear you know which media outlets support which you know party or side of the political spectrum uh in the uk i think we are a lot more although there's definitely people out there that will argue against me on here but i think <laughs> everything is much more centralized in the uk yeah. um but there are still obviously towards the right and towards the left and for me the only way that i can answer this question becca because it isn't as prevalent to me is by going and saying would i go and work for uh, a media outlet like say the daily mail which is mm-hmm. more conservative more rights leaning towards the right than my political views are and i think personally because of the fact that and where they are much more being towards that central place i would say yes because they haven't done anything or said anything or supported anything so extreme that i would be able to turn turn around and feel really bad about being there yes i might get the the mick taken out of me down the pub by (laughs) other lefty friends and and things like that but i wouldn't actually be anywhere where i would be feeling ashamed of either working for or supporting that kind of um, agenda or, or viewpoint. Yeah, yeah. Andrew in the chat room says, all freelancers, small businesses tend to have to make, I can read, tend to have to make hard choices. Uh, you have to decide who is acceptable as a client. At the end of the day, they have to meet your standards. In the UK, uh, would not do anything with the sun on that front, Charles. Oh, that one's for you. Oh yeah, and, no, yeah. So actually, yeah, yeah I, I'd be exactly the same. Yeah, and but but there is the factor of needing to make a living, and that's 
where it gets hard. And and Becca, let's come back to you because there's a lot of advice, but but essentially this is about you. Um, where is the why are you considering working with these folks that you're uncomfortable with? And not that religious folks are all bad. I do want to say that disclaimer. I work with folks of varying religions and it's no big deal, but it's folks who are so strong that they kind of take over other people's ability to be themselves. I think, I don't know. Am I? Yeah. The reason why this is so tricky is, you know, I do have a hard and fast line with who I will work with and what shows I will work on. Um, But this is the reason why this is a little murky is because it's sort of, uh, you know, there are a couple of people in the industry that are all over the place. And so it's hard. So let's say, for example, Steph, um, you might be one of these people. You are not at all. Let me be <laughs> Let's just say, but it's a situation like this where it would be like, do you want to be a guest on a show? Do you want to collaborate with somebody mm-hmm. in the industry in this way or this way? It's about collaboration and mm-hmm. sort of, um, but by collaborating or by showing up, by showing up here, I'm saying I support stuff mm-hmm. and I support global podcast editors. Um, yeah. And I feel great about that. Now, if I show up on other people's shows or um, spaces, mm-hmm. I feel that I'm saying the same thing. And so these are people, sort of colleagues that have been around for years that um, mm-hmm. I just bump into all the time. And I happen to know that they are um, probably think that I'm a pervert and going to hell, honestly, for being queer. Um, yeah. You know, so it feels weird to sit down with somebody and be like, hey, let's talk about XYZ work stuff and, you know, be kind to each other. Yeah. When really you're probably like thinking that, you know, well, kind of some shady things about who I am. Yeah. I, I think Max in the chat room sums it up for me. Being financially stable gives you the freedom to be choosy. Before you get to that point, you kind of have to be willing to put up with whoever you can get. And that is the sticky wicket with freelancers. When you work for a company, you can blame the company. Oh, they did this or they think that or, oh, I don't agree with that. Maybe I look for a new job. But when you work for yourself, all of those decisions are on you and it's hard. Can I can I disagree with what Max has said there? Because of course you can. While, while, I, while I agree with his first sentence that, you know, <laughs> being financially stable gives you more freedom completely yeah. and utterly. But we still have values ourselves that mm-hmm. are personal to us and and they are what makes us the people that we are now if just to take an example if i was to you know be starting out brand new and the only person that was coming to me right now at this second in time was a um uh, somebody somebody that agrees with what's happening in the states around abortion at the moment mm-hmm um heavily and was like constantly pushing it i would still say no you still have a freedom to say no because Mm -hmm. the fact is is yes okay you might need to put food on the table but there's other ways of going and doing that there are other ways that you can go and that you can you can still go and say no to people that do not fit with your values Mm -hmm. and i would argue that you should do that because if you take on a client so let's say it's somebody that is completely anti, you know, this is for the UK basically, but let's say it's Nigel Farage, somebody completely anti-immigration mm-hmm. and, you know, doesn't align with my views on that at all. If I took that, then straight away, I am in line with him 
And that might then mean that I don't get work further down the line from other people that do align with my mm-hmm. values because all of a sudden now people associate me with that. And I think you've got to be choosy and you've got to push back on things that you don't want to do, whether it is because of uh, a political persuasion of, of the client or it's the, the content that they want you to help them make. Whatever it is, is personal to you. Mm-hmm. And you've got a freedom to make that choice. And you shouldn't have to give a reason for it either. Mm-hmm. You should just be able to go, not for me. Thanks very much. See you later. Yeah. Have a good day. Bye. I think ultimately the word choice, ironically or not ironically, is is the big one. It is a, a personal choice that we have to make. And 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 that's that's it (laughs) yeah it's a hard one to sum up and say we got to move on now but we're going to move on now but i hope that's helped a little bit becca yeah thank you um yeah yeah i know it's we could spend a whole entire hour on how to absolutely yeah it's an interesting thing to think about especially when it is murky and they're not shoving it down your throat um exactly you happen to have dug around enough to know so Like, you know, they're thinking it, but they're yeah. not saying it directly exactly. to you, yeah. but it's there. It's so tricky. Yeah. Oh, trying to, client attraction is very hard. Client interpretation could be harder. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, Charles, what do you have for us? What's your um, challenge? God, after that, mine feels so insignificant. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Uh, Andrew oh, had, one more, had one more thing. No, almost. Oh, it is actually. Yes, sorry. Charles, hold on to that for even longer. Uh, Andrew in the chat room said, don't beat yourself up for this. So Becca, I think that one's up for you. So yeah. Thank you, definitely. Andrew. And now da, 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 the new part of this and editors feel free to get up, stretch, move around, dance and do what you need to do for a minute or two here. But I need to make a quick announcement in the newsletter. I promised a giveaway. Anybody who watches this, I want to get the time frame right. Anybody who watches this video now or because we are a multi time zone experience before what did I say? Before July 10th at midnight in Cairo, Egypt. I'm just picking Cairo because I keep saying London, New York, and that's not very inclusive. So you can go to timeanddate.com and find out what midnight Sunday, July 10th is and adjust that to your time zone, please. What do you need to do to get... uh, Because one person is going to win the subscription for three months of the premium, uh, premium version of the newsletter. Three months! Folks, please. Okay, it's super quick. Here's what you need to do here. I'll do this for a sec. Oh, that didn't go well. I am messing this up. Oh my gosh. Okay, forget it. I'll keep everybody on here. (laughs) Here's what you need to do. You need to, in two quick steps, create a social media post and email me the post so I know that you have done it and you'll be eligible to win. One person is going to win. Here's what you need to put in the social media post. A screenshot of this video. Pick a moment that made you laugh or think or whatever. Just screenshot it. It doesn't have to be great. We don't all have to be smiling or anything like that, but just screenshot it. And write in the post a quick thing of what we're talking about. Like we're talking about difficult uh, clients or we're talking about learning a new DAW or something like that. So uh, then you'll need to tag me and I'm putting my handle on most social medias at Steph Fuccio. Link to the newsletter. So you need to actually put this link in there too. And I'm almost done here. So you need to put the link to the newsletter so people can find it. And that's it. Then you need to email me. 
and Steph Fuccio, same handle here at gmail.com is my email with the subject line three months subscription over in the chat room. So again, social media post with the screenshot of us. Explain what you're watching, what you were watching. Tag me. Link to the newsletter. Done. Then email me that link so I know that you did it so that you're eligible to win. I will announce the winners in the July 15th newsletter next week. Okay. Those are the two things that I interrupted Charles for. So we get to go on to his challenge. Dun, dun, dun. Charles, what are you struggling with lately? <laughs> so mine oh, it's, it is, like I said before, it is so fluffy in comparison. But um, it's being creative mm-hmm. with my clients' podcasts. So I'm not just a producer, uh, sorry, not just an editor, rather, sorry. So therefore, a lot of what I do is also involved in the production side of things and therefore mm-hmm. the planning and, and, and things like that. But just like how I am, quite audio and visual with learn it, learning, I struggle to explain what it is that I think we should do to make, you know, to be a bit more creative, to mm-hmm. make a person's podcast stand out. There's so many, yeah. isn't there? Um, so I will go away and I will make my version to present to them as a bit of a well this is what you could have kind of thing but at the same time I'm having to do that while giving the client their version as well so I'm ending up doing twice the work if that makes sense so that I can hopefully then go and improve it make it better in the future so can I stop you there of course you can what do you do with your version then if you're doing a version for you a version for them where yeah, do you so, put that? So let's just say, for instance, we've got a one-to-one head-to-head interview type podcast, mm-hmm. um, which is when the client first comes to me and says, hey, I'd like you to be my editor. It is very much like um, static intro, episodic intro into the main content of the interview with an outro at the end. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Obviously, that's what they're coming to me and they're saying, right, we just want you to do the editing. So removing all of the the unwanted bits and any content errors and stuff like that. And I will go, okay, well, this is just the same as every other podcast that's available wherever you get your podcasts. Why why would I listen to this in comparison? Mm -hmm. So I will obviously do that and do what they want, but I will also potentially go and take the audio that they've given me Mm -hmm. and then pull out a bunch of clips maybe create that little montage at the beginning just to sort of show look you could do this to tease people or what I have done and this is the thing that took me ages and although I know it was a much better thing um I also knew it would mean a lot more work not just for me but for the actual podcast for themselves which was that I went right I've taken out the content that was relevant to the discussion you were having, the answers that you were getting. Mm -hmm. And I've created a story around it that I've narrated pretending to be the client. So it now becomes more of a narrative, uh, you know, it's not a documentary, but, you know, more of a narrative thing than just a head-to-head sit down in front of each other interview. Um, And obviously that that takes a lot of time and that takes a lot of work. So therefore my my challenge has always been because I want to make help people make better podcasts. Yeah. And my job I see as an as an editor stroke producer isn't just to go and give them what they want, Mm -hmm. but give them something that they will actually need and that they will actually, you know, will help them grow, will help, you know, reach the audience they want to. Yeah. So um 
yeah i can't yeah andrew's put it much better and more he has than i have in, in yeah. The chat. But, yeah he said it's... uh what you're saying andrew said in the chat room what you're saying is helping the client understand that there there are options when it comes to presenting their info tricky it is and oh my god charles can i piggyback off of yours and add my challenge on because mm -hmm. it's so similar it's so similar like i find when i pitch uh, potential clients, whether it be on Facebook groups and somebody says, I need help or whatever, I'll look at their stuff first. And I'm like, okay, you're asking for this, but have you considered this? Because I find that most people don't know what they could do with their stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it's similar to what you're saying, although I don't go and actually create it because I am ultimately way lazier than you. But but seeing, especially when I get excited about the product that they have, the, the podcast that they have, I get carried away with the ideas, but then I also have to balance out the business side of it where like there's a time and financial aspect. Mm -hmm. So convincing them to want this thing that would help them and to pay for it is yeah. tricky. That, that's the hard bit. That's the bit that yeah. I, I've done it where I've taken on a client and done their, just what they wanted for a yeah. few weeks. Yeah. And then at that point, I, I've then gone, you know what, this could be, you know, I kind of get my foot in the door kind of thing, get them to trust me, get them to yeah. know that I'll, I'll do something good for them and then say, or you could do this. And obviously some people will go, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, let's do it. And then I end up and I drop the massive pound sign bomb or dollar sign bomb. Yeah. And, uh, and they then go, oh. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, but also there's that other thing of where they just go, and I've had it where the people I, I've I've just given tiny little, you know, or suggestions, and I get told to basically stay in your lane, just just do what we're asking, kind of thing, and that it stunts my creativity, and I mm -hmm. then go, oh, I don't want to do that, I don't want to do this, I want to be creative. Um, so yeah, my I, I suppose my challenge is is, is how do we present that to a client and and get them to say yes, which is the thing we want. I have an idea, but I want to hear Becca and Sam as well. But okay, my quick idea is uh, you might be outgrowing your clients and you might have to actually present that creative part, Charles, when you have your discovery calls. So they know it's coming uh, financially and otherwise. So they know that, that you're, that that's part of who you are and what you do. But Becca and Sam, what do you guys think? Yeah, um, I, w I was thinking like, I don't know how you advertise if you do it at, at all, but like on social media or anything. Um, I don't know if you already do this, but uh, like stating like, oh, I do creative podcasts, like, uh, so I do this or that, or even ask the clients you have, you have had those ideas and oh can i even if they didn't use this in their podcast but if they allow you to to do things and to show people what you can do and like uh state that uh i do creative podcasts and something like this maybe mm -hmm. yeah so it, it's a messaging thing where they need to know at the beginning that you're that you're that creative becca yeah, what Sam and Steph said, uh, it sounds like your uh, ideal customer has shifted. Targeting, targeting 
ballers targeting people who have <laughs> who have the money and who are kind of like want to just throw it at you and be like you do you um finding those people it's a whole set of mm-hmm. you know business school really um <laughs> but i it i think um you know those are my favorite clients too where people will say you do you be as creative take all the time in the world um those don't happen very often that's why i love working at guided meditations because you can have so much fun and do all the music yourself and be really creative and um so i don't know if you've gone that route too but i get to be creative with with meditations and things um my other suggestion was instead of personalizing each example what if you just had a page on your website that's you know i can do this i can do this i can do this i can do this you know so you've done all this work and that's great and if you could just sort of categorize them somehow so that you have 10 examples so the next time you have a client you can pull up the website and say have a look at this sort of like you're talking about transom and how mm-hmm. they do the sort of i mean you know like di- let's make differences but they'll explain each one and then you mm-hmm. click on the thing and you listen to yeah. it yeah, that's a, it's something that I've because literally yesterday I was talking to somebody um, that I work with in my co work space, and they were saying, "Oh, you know, how do you uh, how do you present what I do on a website?" Because obviously, as editors, it's audio, isn't it? Whereas websites are visual, and um, and I kind of went, "Oh, you know what?" And I, I'm currently I'm building up a uh, my voiceover side of my <laughs> business as well, and with that, you have a showreel. And it's like an important thing to have as a voiceover is having a showreel. Mm-hmm. And I went, should probably have a showreel for my podcast side of things that, that literally just showcases what I do in, say, a two-minute easily on the homepage, on the front page. This is what I do. This is how I work kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I suppose in a way I could then go, right, here's a showreel of stuff I've done and here's a showreel of stuff I can do as mm-hmm. a separate kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And what I did, I'm doing more like the boundaries between me, the podcast creator, me, the podcast editor, and me, the podcast writer, they're starting to blur a lot. And so (laughs) I, in a, in my monthly report for a client this week, I was like, look, I'm doing a lot more with YouTube. I'm actually like, I've got a consultant for my own YouTube channel and I'm doing all this stuff to, because organic has never worked for me. So I'm doing more methodical, (laughs) which is not my natural vein but so be it and i said but i'm so i want i'm going to do more like editing videos online like showing people stuff and i said i don't want to deal with your clients because that's a whole layer of permissions and stuff but if you ever are interested in like free publicity i could take like the intros that i'm editing of yours and as i'm talking through what i'm doing you're basically getting a free advertisement the whole time Mm -hmm. so if anybody's interested in real estate you'll you'll get like somebody coming over and they were like, yeah, sure. Go crazy with it. So it's kind of like, it doesn't, it's not any extra stuff for me to do, but it's something that can show what I'm doing. And it's also stuff that can get them more, it's more value that I'm bringing to the client without any more effort. And it's also showing what I could do editing wise. So it kind of helps me. So it's, it's, it's figuring out stuff like that, that doesn't take more paid time. And that maybe would lead to something else or someone else who can actually see what you're doing. And who knows? I mean, I seriously doubt a potential client would watch one of these videos of me working in Hindenburg on an intro and be like, well, she's amazing the way she did that fade. But you never know, right? Wouldn't that be ideal? Wouldn't that be so great? Like, I'm mixing faces, screenshots, and DAWs. I mean, I haven't done a lot of them yet, but but it's a combination. And I think... 
I think that's a tiny bit different because a lot of people do just the DAW or they'll do like a super in-depth explanation. Whereas for me, it's more of, it's like getting the voice out, like magnifying, like making sure like what I'm doing isn't hurt kind of thing. And I, I don't, I don't know that that's different enough, but I don't know. There's, but like everything we do is different because we're us. Mm. So I think Charles get those places out there so people can see them and hire you for the stuff that feeds your soul too it's hard it's so hard it's so hard it's the thing like because because it all comes back to doesn't it essentially right how how do you find clients where do you get them from Mm -hmm. and all this that and the other and you know at the end of the day there's so many different answers to that question but Mm -hmm. you know like you're saying that it would be ideal if somebody was watching one of your youtube tutorial videos essentially and then they turn around and went um yeah i'll i'll pay you to do mine that looks great you did that really well i I love it but you know that that that's kind of happened to me like one of my main clients came through through my own podcast that i my my podcast isn't about podcasting it's about sport it's about my football club and so a a listener who works for this massive massive company that Mm -hmm. through loads of through all the pounds lines at me came to me because of listening to that so there's no reason why people wouldn't watch your video and and then potentially go yes please yeah and my two first before i even started doing this intentionally my first two clients came because they saw me posting about podcasting on socials i'm not sure that they're listening to my podcast but they were following me and knew i was in podcasting and they were like hey do you know anybody that edits and then two years later here i am so you never know when you plant those seeds you never know where it leads um but I think Andrew, Andrew, you're, you're probably going to finish this up for us because this is a nice bow that you did in the chat room. We are creative people, he says. Even if we don't think we are, we need to steal portfolio ideas. Oh, <laughs> steal massage uh, portfolio ideas from other mediums and see if we can adapt for our work. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh my goodness! Wow. Okay, we're only a hair over, which is miraculous considering how chatty we are, which is wonderful. So we talked about podcast editing values, training, and creativity. I mean, geez, Louise, we've covered it all. Sorted. We never need to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do, but we will. We'll do it again in two weeks, and that will be uh, July twenty first. 7 p.m. in Spain, which is 6 p.m. in London. And I'm going back to my two cities. I need to learn more cities, which is minus six is noon in New York, July 21st. That is a more North North America, South America, Central America, Central focused one. Let's go around and remind people where they can find you. Becca. Uh, Becca Johnson Media, B-E-K-A-H-J-O-H-N-S-O-N, media.com. Sam. So you can find me at podcasteditor.pro. Oh, sorry. I was expecting more from Sam. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Just in the, in the space. Um, so uh, easiest place to find me is on, on Twitter at Charles Commons uh, or on LinkedIn, same. And um, my website, vibrantsoundmedia.com or come along. Can I, I'm going to plug. Sorry, Steph. I'm going to uh, get told off if I don't plug this. Uh, so I run a community for podcasters. So for yes. people that run podcasts, uh, they edit, they produce, they present, they do all of it. It's called Mike's Podcast Club, as in Mike as in microphone, M-I-C Podcast Club. And you'll find it at meetup.com forward slash M-I-C-P-O-D. Thank you. 
Is that an online or an in-person event? Uh, yeah, we do both. So every it's the second Wednesday of every month. We do an online version. Uh, this one, so it's next Wednesday, the 13th, 6pm UK time. Uh, we're talking about how to ask your listener for money. So we're talking about Patreon and stuff like that. Andrew's in the community. He loves it. Uh, he comes along. That's awesome. I love I love varying communities. Okay, so and uh, Global Podcast Editors uh, newsletter has all of the places that we exist in a bazillion different ways. So check the top of that newsletter for all of my information. And I also have an Instagram and Twitter if you want to see random pictures of coffee. And Valencia, you can check those as well as DAW pictures and different rantings about podcasting. I appreciate everybody who has made it to this point or any point in the video, although you wouldn't hear this if you didn't make it this far. But we're ignoring that because it's hot. Okay. Thank you, especially to Becca, Sam, and Charles for joining us this time. You're all welcome to come back. Yay! Okay, we did it. Let's say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.